Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Bad to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. People, if you don't already know this, we are living in the end times. These are the very last days before Christ Jesus comes back. Because let me wake everybody up. We are living on borrowed time. Judgment is near, folks. So listen, for those who called on the name of the Lord, who has called on Jesus' name to save us, we do not compromise our loyalty to God for the sake of fitting in with man. Amen. So, I got a public announcement of the day. But before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you sent Jesus to save us from sin. Thank you, Father, for your mercy, your kindness, your your loving patience and your forbearance father hallowed be thy name father we need you in this hour we need your love your wisdom we even need your justice father your righteous justice on this wicked earth father we are looking forward with eager expectation to the coming of Jesus. Jesus came the first time as a babe in a manger, but he is coming back as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is coming in great power and glory. And we who love you, we look forward. Come, Lord Jesus, even so. Come, Lord. So, Father, help us to understand the gospel today. Help us to understand that we need righteousness and we need holiness. Yes, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your 
for your loving kindness and your your tender mercy. Thank you for sending us, Jesus. And Father, with today's lesson, let us understand that we are all living on borrowed time, that judgment is near. It is knocking at the door. So, Father, I ask for wisdom today. I ask for clarity of mind. And I ask that the Holy Spirit move on me. Father, fill me with your words. Fill me with the message you want the people to know today. Because, Father, your name is great. And may your kingdom come. Thank you for delivering us out of sin and reconciling us back to you through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, people. I apologize for that break in that prayer in the podcast. And I pray by the Holy Spirit that I picked up more or less where I left off. So far, so people, I'm about to call your father. So people, I have a public announcement to make because judgment is near. It is knocking at the door because look, all we got to do is look at Isaiah 55 verses 6 to 7 that says, that is why the prophet Isaiah wrote, Seek ye the Lord, while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. Glory be to God. This scripture alone, this scripture alone shows the mercy of God upon those who will not leave their sin, who will not forsake it. The prophet was telling the children of Israel, seek the Lord now while he can be found. Because let me tell you, you do not want to be found outside of that bodysuit when you stand before Jesus without repenting, without without forsaking of your sin, with you rejecting the gospel, rejecting the only person that could have saved you, and you said no to that, you do not want to stand before Jesus as a sinner, as a Christ rejecter. You do not. There is judgment. Listen, Jesus is on his way back. And just like he told us, right? That when he returns, it shall be like it was in the days of Noah and Lot. All we got to do is pick up the book of Genesis and we see just how wicked the people were in Noah's day 
and in Lot's day. Listen, the people were so wicked that God sent fire and brimstone from heaven and he sent, he opened up the firmament, the, the firmament. He opened up the windows of heaven and poured out the waters on this earth. Only one family was saved, eight people on the entire earth. Noah and his family. That's how wicked. And Jesus says that it will be like those days where people were just going about their daily lives, living and eating and drinking and giving into marrying and being married. As if judgment was not coming, they ignored the warnings. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you. They ignored the warnings. They ignored the prophets. They ignored Moses. They ignored John the Baptist. And you know what they did to Christ Jesus. They crucified him when he preached repentance. Because the the misunderstanding is that since God is, is, is a loving God, that that's all he talked about. And that how he doesn't, uh, that his followers shouldn't judge people because we will, we all in sin. The difference is that we said yes to the gospel when we heard it by faith. We wasn't there 2,000 years ago to see what Jesus actually went through. We wasn't there over 2,000 years ago to walk with him, to talk with him, to see him eyeball to eyeball. But by faith, we believe he showed up. By faith, we believe he died for our sins. We, by faith, believe that they buried him. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. We believe that Jesus died for our sins, making atonement through his shed blood. We believe that blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat of God in heaven, reconciling us back to Jesus. We believe all of it. From the beginning to the end, we believe how it was prophesied for him to come. We believe it was prophesied about the death he would suffer through. We believe that when he came on the world scene, the kingdom of God is showed up. God walked amongst men. We believe that we believe that we are to put our hopes our lives into his hand and receive him as Lord and Savior. We believe all of that. That is not a mental ascent. It's not just knowledge we have just stored up as if this is one of the many events in history. This was monumental. This is not something just we can read about. Okay, well, you know, a man named Jesus came to this earth and he supposedly, you know, died for the sins of the world. And then you move on to Gandhi. And then you move on to Mother Teresa. And then you move on to the Harry Krishnas. And then you move on to the Catholics. And then you move on to all the other worldly, quote unquote, pious people. Jesus is not one of the many. He is the one. He told us in the gospel of John that 
There is no way to the Father but through Him. He says that He is the way. Not a way, the way. Meaning the only way. There is no other way to God but by through Jesus. Don't let the likes of Oprah Winfrey and Joe Osteen and all of those other false teachers and heretics tell you that there are many ways to God. Because at the end of the day, as long as we get there, then we get there. That is a lie from the enemy, your enemy, my enemy. Because see, one of the great deceptions that's going on in this world is that our enemy is everybody else but the true enemy, which is Satan. He is called the devil, the, the slanderer, the adversary. He is the one that goes before God night and day, just throwing Christians under the bus about what they doing. But if we are in Christ Jesus, that blood washes away all of our sins. Once you confess that sin and you repent and you don't go back to it, the blood of Jesus is there to cleanse us. We don't use his blood as a license to sin. No, we don't take God's grace as a means to keep on sinning showing how great his grace is because the false teaching of once saved, always saved, is that you cannot out God's good grace. That is false teaching. Because then what you're going to do with 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 20 to 22, where it talks about that if we get entangled up in sin again after we have come to the Lord and and after we have tasted the goodness of the word of God and his righteousness and then for us to be sitting up under these wolves in sheep clothing and being um, being around and amongst the false convert and the lukewarm Christian who who tells us that at the end of the day, don't worry about it. God is going to send and bring everybody to heaven. So even though you in your sin, you should stop it. But God knows your heart. All you got to do is, is just, you know, uh, just believe on Jesus. Just, just believe on him dying for your sins. And that's good enough. Well, then what about the turning from the sin? What about the shunning of it all? What about that? What about the sanctification process when now once we are justified and now another process happening, the cutting and the pruning and the turning away from the sin and the renewing of the mindset? What about sacrificing this body? What about now no longer right Holy Spirit making provision for the flesh? What about no longer seeing sin as the big fun? When does that process begin? Because they want us to go from being justified straight on through to glory. 
straight on to the glorification process. No one wants to spend time in sanctification. No one wants to walk by the Spirit. People want to have their cakes and eat it too. The lukewarm Christian who thinks that they know everything about God, you don't have to tell them anything, they're living their good lives with their self-righteous works, they are too high and mighty and lifted up that, that they don't need the cleansing of the word of God, that they don't need the cleansing of Jesus' blood each and every day. They just sit back, enjoy the good life. They are neither hot for Jesus nor nor cold for Jesus because they they go to church, they read their Bible sometimes, they up on social media with all the Jesus mean posts about how they love Christ Jesus, hallelujah, amen, share this, subscribe to this, like this, and all of this. But if you look at their personal lives, they don't understand we are all on borrowed time. So where is that process? Because that process must be done. How are you going to go from a weed smoking Jezebel, never getting the understanding about modest apparel, never getting the understanding that that marijuana is sorcery, it is drug use, you are idolizing God's creation, the earth. You are you are doing everything like you used to do, but there's like a little bit of Christianity going on in your life. And then you're you are like right in the middle. Not too much, not too less, just a little bit. You ain't preaching on the gospel. You ain't, you know, out there sowing seeds of the kingdom. You ain't doing none of that. You are, in fact, a secret closet Christian. You don't talk about Jesus at the job. You don't talk about Jesus among your family. You don't talk about Jesus person, like one-on-one to people, but you're up on social media. And you're only doing that for the likes, for the um, appearance of you a good Christian person. But behind closed doors, not so much. So, like I said, I can't say it enough on the podcast. We must repent and believe that our resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died for your sins. We must stop sinning and turn back to God and henceforth obey Him. The gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is that He died on the cross for our sins, according to the scriptures. And then He was buried. And then on the third day, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, God raised Jesus from the dead, according to the scriptures. Listen, this was prophesied. Jesus, out of his own holy mouth, told us in the Gospels the manner in which he will die. But he said, in three days, I will lift up this body. 
He even told us about his own resurrection. He told us how he was going to die, who was going to do the killing, who was going to betray him. He even told Peter that once he once he dies, you are going to deny me three times. Listen, Jesus didn't keep this from us. He didn't keep this as a great big secret. No, he sent out the warning. And then he also gave us hope of restoration and reconciliation. That's why he says that it will be good for me to go so that the Father can send you the Holy Spirit when I ask him to send him to you to give you power to do what? To go out into all the world and proclaim to preach like a herald, to yell from the rooftops that God sent us a savior, a man. Jesus stepped out of deity. He didn't didn't do away with it because we saw the power and the working of God when he healed the sick, healed the lame, blind, and crippled. He even rose people from the dead. So we see God in action, but he was on this earth as a man. He came, to, he came into this world legally through the channel, through the womb of a woman. That way, Satan can never say, well, well God came on, on this earth and he did what he did because he was God. Of course, he doesn't sin. Of course, he was perfect. No, 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 no. Jesus came as a man and the Bible tells us that he was obedient to the father, even until the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay. Jesus followed to perfection the 613 laws of Moses. He was born under the law. He was born a Jewish man under the laws of Moses. So he had to follow them laws too. He didn't get it easy because he was God. He is the example. Glory be to God. That's why he says, you who are heavy laden, you are burdened with all of these laws. Come to me and I will give you rest. Learn of me. Let me teach you. So, When we go out into the highways and the byways and the hedges, we are preaching a love message. Repentance is all about the turning of your mindset. Turn from the way you used to think about sin and turn back to God. Stop sinning. You now have godly sorrow that you sinned against God. No longer do you want to do that any longer. You can sin, but you don't want to. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That that desire to not want to sin and now please God, it is greater than what the flesh wants. Pleasing God is much greater Then getting high, sleeping around, drinking, cursing, being unforgiving. It is greater. It is much greater now while you living because you're going to have some peace. Oh, let me tell you about the peace you will have. 
Don't you know how much time, trouble, and money sin cost? <laughs> Listen, you could spend your whole day trying to come up with $30 to go get you a bag of weed. Don't you know the time and trouble it takes for you to have to find some matches, find a lighter, go to the store, get the blunt paper, get the weed paper, buy the cigarettes, get your beer, get all of your setup, then come home and try to do it in peace. But you got kids running around and you're trying to do it in secret. It's, it's too much. You're doing too much. Meanwhile, you can live clean and holy with a clear conscience, no guilt. You ain't got blood on your hands. You come into God in prayer with clean hands. That's a much better life. Oh, your your circle of friends is going to get small if not next to nothing. All those worldly shows who put their God Satan in our face through their their symmetry, through their uh, symbolisms, all that you gotta watch is let me tell you something how hard is to watch even your, the the old time shows that we grew up on where we thought that those were good wholesome shows compared to what's out there today. If you look at them shows now being woke to the things of God, I can't get through a sitcom without seeing that black and white checkerboard, them throwing up them Illuminati Freemason, uh, Freemason hand signs, and their, their, their subtle homos, uh, homosexual agenda coming down a pike even from the 70s. You can't watch TV now. Everything is coming at you. Your spirit is jumping all over the place because it's now rebuking that sin that, that's coming across that TV screen now. Where before it was funny when someone was like, OMG, F word this, B word that, what you mean? All the fighting and the kicking and the screaming. Oh, that was entertainment for us. Then you can't, as a child, a child of God, with that Holy Spirit indwelling in you, you can't get through the whole program. You could suffer through it. And if you try to watch another episode and then another episode by the fifth or sixth one, you're like, you're done. You can't. You can't because it's something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're right. It's something about being born again. No longer do we see those things as entertainment. We see the satanic agenda behind it all. And we don't want to give Satan our attention like that anymore. We no longer want to allow things to come in through our eye gate, our ear gate. And what's coming out of this mouth speaks about that heart. So... If you say you are a Christian, but all you are doing is watching reality shows, soap operas, um, watching hip hop videos with naked men and women, all you watching are those graven image uh, award shows, you keeping up with the Kardashians, you keeping up with the Beyonce's, you keeping up with all the homosexual agendas, it's okay, all of that, you keeping up with the world.
You're keeping up with the world. Eventually, it's going to come out of your mouth because the Bible, Jesus tells us what defiles a person. It's not what you put in your body that defiles you. It's what comes out of that heart. And Mark 7, what is it, like verse 20 to 24, thereabouts, where Jesus says that what's in that heart is like it's murder, matter, matter of fact. Let, let's go over there real quick. The Holy Spirit said, just, just go over there. You got the word of God right here staring you in your face, child. Open it up. Here we go. What I say, right? Look, yeah, Mark 7, verse 20. He said, and then he added, because he was talking to them Pharisees, okay, right? And and Jesus was teaching them about inner purity. So he says, and then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart comes what? Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, death, murder adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Verse 23, all these vile things, God calls these vile things, come from within. They are what defile you. What's in that heart? So, Beg the question, how does all of that get in there in the first place? One, you need to be born again because that sin nature is on the rise. It gets it gets groomed, if you will, by watching things that will defile your heart, watching all the, the, the those evil shows, the musics, the books, the CDs, the internet, even social media watching watching all that pornography all people up there just fornicating committing adultery all of that sexual immorality you are putting it in you are feeding your spirit on these things anything that has to do with stealing killing adultery greed Okay, deception, wickedness, deceit, foolishness. All of that is what you feeding on daily. So it's no wonder you are going to regurgitate all of that at some point. So it's not the pork that defiles you. It is, it is, it is not, you know, um, eating meat and calling yourself a vegan or you put in too much calories or whatever into your body. Yes, physically over time, because you garbage in, garbage out, right? But Jesus is talking about the heart because when he came on the scene, it's no longer about the works. It's about the heart. Now it's all about your heart because under the laws of Moses, <clears throat> adultery was when you physically sleep, have sex with someone who is not your first covenant spouse. But Jesus says, but now I say, okay, and all throughout the Gospels, he, he would tell the Pharisees or his disciples, it was said, like, meaning, like, it, it say in the law, like, Moses said this, but I say, 
And Jesus was saying that how adultery is not only sleeping with someone who's not your, your first covenant spouse, but even if you lust in your heart behind a man or a woman, you commit adultery. No longer just um, hating on someone. He calls that murder. Because see, it's about the intent and purpose of that heart. All we got to do is check out Jeremiah 17, 9, 10. The Bible tells us that that heart, it is deceitful above all things. Above it all. And not only that, it tells us that it is desperately wicked. This, your heart is wicked. So, God says that he will judge every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his deeds. You will pay for your sins if you do not repent. If you do not receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you continue to reject Jesus, then what else left for God to do? He already sent the answer to the sin solution. And that is Jesus, because let us not be mistaken. Okay. God hates sin. He hates workers of iniquity. God is holy. God is just and God is righteous. Therefore, we must hate sin just as much as God does. Now, I, I did, I don't know on which episode, but I was talking about how to God, sin is like, is, is putrid. What was that word? What was that new word of the day? Oh my goodness, I can't think of it right now, but it's a word. It's a word that God uses where it describes like disgust, like disgust as something like like the vile vomit. Let me see if I can find which, what is that word? Hold on, is it on this one? What what is that? Cause that was like a new word for me. I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to use that. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Was it around here? Dealing with nope, that wasn't it. Must be the one. Okay, th this gotta be it. Hold on. Cause what is that word? Oh my god, I can't believe that I forgotten that word. What was it? Hold on. Well, if here we go. Here we go. Antipathy. Antipathy. It's spelled A-N-T-I-P-A-T-H-Y. That means that sin is revulsion to God. It is like a deep-seated feeling of dislike. It's like aversion. It means hostility. It means having a strong animosity towards it. And this is how God feels towards sin. It is repugnant to him. He has a strong disgust for it. It means abhorrent, uh, which means a feeling of repulsion, disgusting, loathing. And we all know what loathing is, right? It's a, it's a feeling of intense dislike or disgust, hatred. It means 
to be unable to stomach something. God cannot stomach sin. And that's the mindset we must. We must have this antipathy towards sin as well, to be repelled by it, to keep it at arm's length, to send it packing. Okay. It means it means that this thing turns your stomach. It turns your stomach to the point where it is making you sick, like you are about to throw up. It means to be nauseated. It means to puke your guts out, to reject, to spill out of your mouth. Well, guess what? That's how God feels towards sin. It's not just that he hates it, which he does, but does, but he is repulsed by it. So we must understand that according to Romans 8, 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. While we are in willful, disobedient, practicing sin. Not that we miss the mark on something and we confess that sin. And, and the Bible in 1 John 1, 9 tells us that once we confess that God is faithful to forgive us and he is just, he's a righteous God. He will forgive us of our sins and what cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's one thing. That's the beauty, the beauty of the shed blood of Christ Jesus. But if you just, if you just disobedient, you ain't trying to hear nothing about you stopping smoking weed or you ain't trying to hear nothing about, well, I'm still going to meet up with Bob at the noontime hour. So what? He's still married. I know he loves me and he's leaving his wife and you don't think nothing is wrong with that. And you call yourself a child of the living God. Well, look. Galatians 5, 19, 21, because we cannot be deceived. And this is going to be the close. We cannot be deceived about these works of the flesh. Because see, God didn't just leave us as orphans. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit illuminates this word of God. It, it brings us to Jesus. It brings the remembrance of what Jesus has taught us. And he puts it right there on Front Street. He tells us what those sins are that will keep one from inheriting the kingdom of God. Because um, Jesus said that it will be his word that will testify against you at the day of judgment. So we could stand before Jesus talking about Lord, Lord, all we want. Or the, the straight, unrepentant person can say all day long, well, I didn't know that was a sin. What, what you mean? And Jesus would say, well, well, we don't know what he going to say, but we can only imagine because when he tells us how his word will testify against you, it will probably probably be something like, well, according to Galatians 5, 19 or 21, I told you what the works of the flesh are, which are evident Sexual immorality, that's also means uh, porneia in the Greek, because that's where we get the word pornography, but we're talking about sexual sins. 
that fornication. That is different from idolatry, but it's all under the same, I mean, um, adultery, but it's all under the same umbrella as sexual immorality. Listen, sex is a pleasurable thing, but God let us know in what context where we should be having this great sex. That is with our first covenant partner, our first spouse, the first one, for the procreation of children, for keeping the family holy, not defiling the marriage bed. So sex is good, but just like with everything else, if you twist it and abuse it, it is sin. So he tells us a sexual immorality because Jesus said that his word will testify against you, right? He going to say to the one who's talking about how, oh, oh, I didn't know that was a sin. And so he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. And that's just not witchcraft. We talking about drug abuse. Okay. And those who sell it. I'm, I'm, I'm in prayer about these pharmaceutical companies who intentionally manufacture drugs to get people hooked on. Okay. So we got sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Listen, you who can't control that temper of yours, a hothead, y'all, y'all need to repent. Because you're not going to make it. Nope. Fits of anger. Now, the Bible tells us that we that we have a right to be angry, but don't sin. Okay? There is a thing called righteous indignation. We we should be angry about how the the loss are on their way to hell. We should be angry about the amount of evil. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In this world, we we should be angry that the God of this world blinds the eyes. There's a lot we can be angry about, like the persecution and the killings of Christians. We don't have to be angry because the uh, pot roast got burnt tonight. We don't have to be angry, fits of anger, because you come home and, and the clothes are not washed. Okay, listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Someone needed to hear that. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like these, I warn you. As I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. And speaking of divisions, you have these churches. They don't branch off into into the well, the Pentecostals, the Baptists, the Mormons, the um the Luciferians, the Seven Day Adventists, the, the Catholics, the what uh, Jehovah Witnesses, the Buddha, Islam, all all of these divisions, false religions, cults. Paul preached that there should be no schism in the Church of Christ Jesus. 
Just like how they did like the first century uh, church that they, they went from house to house, preaching, breaking bread, preaching on the gospel. There were no separate entities. There was no divisions. There were no denominations. Denominations is not a good thing because all that does uh, promotes is envyings and jealousies and divisions and, and dissensions. All of that strife. What else? What else is on this list? Fits of anger. Listen, you got some pastors that will get on the phone and literally curse out another pastor. How dare you uh, steal Elder Bishop, whatever, uh, Thomas Jones, to come over to your church? He belongs over here at First Baptist on, on 10th Street in Maine, America. Okay? No. Absolutely not. So, folks, this is the super close. Jesus took our punishment. He took our punishment because in Romans 3, 21, 22, we have to understand where it says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God. How? By placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. Amen. Because the 21st verse says it all. God made the one who did not know sin that could only be talking about Jesus. Jesus is the only person. Listen, what is it? Romans 3. Yeah, Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, none is righteous, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Verse 13, their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. Listen, it, it, it does not go well for the sinner. It does not. They are deceived and they are lying to you to tell you otherwise. The Bible says that in their paths, glory be to God, are ruin and misery. Verse 17, and the way of peace they have not known. These people don't even know what peace is. They think sleeping around, going out on Friday night, going to the spa, getting their nails and feet done, getting their hair did, that that's peace. If you're not in Christ Jesus, the Bible just told us the way of peace they have not known. Verse 18, the reason why all of that is happening in the first place, just like it, it, it was happening to me, 
And just like it was happening to you, well, verse 18 of Romans 3 is about to tell us why all of this is happening. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's why it, there's no fear of the Lord. So I think I'm going to wrap this up because let us not be mistaken. And I think I'm going to leave you all with this because this is the warning. This is the mandate. This is the eye opener. I told y'all at the beginning of the hour, we are living on borrowed time. Judgment is near. It's near. Jesus Christ is coming back again. It was prophesied of his coming the first time and it has been prophesied of the second time that he shall come. And so that's why we are heralds. We are heralds crying aloud like the British are coming. The British are coming. Well, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. It's the same battle cry. It's the same screaming at the top of your lungs that you must repent. You must turn from your sins. Like the Bible says, come to come to your senses and stop sinning. And turn back to God because Revelation 20, that should be the eye opener for everyone. But sadly, it is not. Why? Because there is no fear of God. This world has deceived everyone to the point that we don't need God. We can be our own gods. We can live how we want to live. We can marry whom we want to marry. It don't matter if it's the same sex or not. I can watch whatever I want on television. I can listen to whomever, whatever rock band, country band, hip hop, RB, reggae, whatever. I can go anywhere, do anything, be anyone who I want to be. Living for self, living lavishly and selfishly, turning your backs on God. You believe that you got yourself to where you are in life. You is a self-made made millionaire. You pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. You went to school, you went to college, you took this course. Now you certify, bona fide, rectify. You can do whatever, be whoever you want to be. You don't need God. But then what happens? Hebrews 9.27 is what happens to all of us. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What judgment? Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, that judgment, where it talks about, and the devil that deceived them, okay, was cast into the lake of fire, into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, amen, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So right off the rip, the Bible is telling us that that lake 
that's filled with fire and brimstone, you will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's for all of eternity. There will be no breaks. There will be no pleading to God to come and save you. He ain't in the lake of fire, just like he ain't in hell. That is why there's hopelessness in hell. That's why there is clarity of the mind of the magnitude of the situation about what's happening to you. That's nothing compared to what you're going to face over here in this final judgment because hell itself will be resurrected of its occupants for them to stand in their resurrected body because the Bible talks about two resurrections one of the righteous and one of the unsaved. The unsaved will stand before this great white throne here. The righteous will will stand before the judgment seat of Christ to get our crowns and rewards of, of the way how we live this life as a Christian. So back over here to Rome, to uh, Revelation 20, where it says about how being tormented day and night. Okay. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, that's going to be Jesus, because the Bible tells us who God has appointed as the judge. He has appointed Jesus because of his sacrifice, because of what he has done on behalf of mankind. God elevated Jesus to his right hand. Jesus is sitting today alive. 2021 at the right hand of God. That is a highly exalted position. Everything is now under Jesus' feet because the Bible tells us, thank you, Holy Spirit, that every tongue will confess, that every knee will bow and confess Christ Jesus is Lord. So you can mock all you want today, but one day, if you don't repent, and come to Jesus, one day you will bow the knee. You will bow the knee and that tongue, that tongue of yours that you used to slander and curse and mock with, that tongue will confess Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father in heaven. Praise the Lord. Over here in verse 12 of Revelation 20. No. Verse 11, and I saw a great white throne and him, Jesus, that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there were found no place for them. And I saw, now this is John the Revelator giving us this prophecy, okay? Okay, because this is where the fear of the Lord should be coming from. Amen. Look, for me, Okay, this is where the fear of the Lord in my life is coming from. Yes, I respect God, but also I fear his holy righteous wrath as well. Look, I I ain't no fool. Okay, I know God ain't playing with this scripture. It is written for a reason. He's letting us know he's giving us a heads up. We don't want to go to this place. Listen, what I say? Right, verse 12. Here we go. And I saw the dead, small and great. That means from 
the janitor all the way up to the top elite who think they are untouchable, they're going to be standing before Jesus. Look, I saw, what did I say? Where we at? The dead, small and great, stand before God because you know Jesus is God. And the books, the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were dead. The great and the small, those who could could have had their sins forgiven by coming to Christ, but they said no to that. They rather worship Satan because listen, by default, if you are not in the kingdom of God, you are in the kingdom of Satan. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. I don't worship him. Yes, you do. You worship him by being enemies of the cross. Listen, there's only two kingdoms and you are either in one or the other. So listen, when I say, and the dead, no, which is the book of life, right? And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Those books of your life, like I always say, Heaven must have an elaborate recording system because the Bible talks about books. You can only imagine how many books are being kept on every single person born into this world. The books of every thoughtless deed you ever committed, every thoughtless word you ever committed, every time you rejected the gospel when it was preached to you, when you dumbed your nose at what Jesus has done for this world, you said, no, you hated God, you hated people, you hated yourself. It's just a mess. It's just a mess. So everything you have done, listen, I don't want my books of my life to be opened. Oh, Okay, it will push your wig back. So listen, it says, um, which were written in the books according to their works, that how the dead was were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered of the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man, and they were judged every man according to their works. And guess what happens to death and hell itself? Well, guess what? They were also cast into the lake of fire because 14, verse 14 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire so if you thought hell was bad which it is well guess what hell hell the place will also be thrown into this lake this is some serious business that will go down one day one day soon listen it says that this is the second death talking about the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire so say verse 15 of revelation 20 so people we got to put this in perspective 
and we need to wake ourselves up. We are living on borrowed time. We ain't got a whole lot of time to be wasting. God in his mercy and patience, he is giving us time to repent. But eventually time will run out. Every day you wake up, that's God's grace on your life. That if you have not come to Christ Jesus, that today can be your day of salvation. Today could be the day where you know without a shadow of a doubt that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And that when he comes back, listen, if Jesus tarries in his coming and we go by the way of the grave, good. Because then we will see him face to face one way or the other. But if we are living in that generation where he cracks open up that firmament, peel back the dome that encircles the earth. Because yes, we live under a dome. That's another teaching. Yes, the earth is flat. Listen, that's a whole nother teaching. What was I saying? Right. When he cracks, open up that firmament. And the Bible says that every eye will see him. So how we live it on a globe shaped earth where China supposedly is underneath us. And if he's in and if he's in the sky, well, then how every earth how is every eye on the earth going to see him? Because the world is flat. That's how every eye will see him. Well, no, because he's he's going to be on TV. It didn't. It. The Bible says nothing about technology and how we're going to see him. He says every eye. That means every person will lay their actual eyeball on Jesus when he cracks open up that sky and peel back that dome and you will see the Lord Jesus Christ on his throne coming, coming on white horses with the saints trailing behind him. Jesus is coming back. So I'm going to end it there. Glory be to God. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, I Thank you for your mercy. I repent of my sins. Take away anything in my life that is not pleasing to you, Father. I do not want to be turned over to the tormentors in hell as I await the final judgment. Lord, may the fear of the Lord reign supreme in my life. Christ, may he reign supreme in my life. Father, I love you. And the Bible says that we love God by keeping his commandments. Amen. And that is what I strive to do. Walking with your Holy Spirit every day to do just that. As I get to know you better and better, may my life be reflective of the fruit of repentance showing up in my life. Thank you, Father, for today's message. And I pray that those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. Have mercy on us, Father. Have mercy on us all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And Father, may... <clears throat> 
and may today's lesson brought you glory. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, another one in the can. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be talking to you all soon. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.